Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Well, as, as Ian said, we're starting a new sermon series today, and we're calling that series Finding Home. And I know he asked this question at the beginning of our gathering, but I missed some of the answers because I was out in the lobby just like greeting folks as they came in. But he asked the question, what do you think of when you think of home? And so I need to hear some of those answers. I heard something about a fire, and then I went out, and then I came back in, and I heard something about a pile of shoes. That's basically all I heard. So can you fill me in on what I missed and all of our friends who came a little bit late? Can you, what do you think of, this isn't rhetorical question, this is like one you answer. What do you think of when you think of home? Good food. Oh, yeah, sleeping in. Your own bed. What's that? My dog. Your dog. What's your dog's name? Lilla. Lilla. What else? Relaxing. Relaxing. Yeah. Acceptance. Acceptance. Any other ones? Wet shoes. Huh? Holidays. Holidays. Yep. Oh, board games. That's a good one. What else? When I think of home, I think of all those things, but I also think of some other kind of um, maybe overarching things. See, I, I believe that now more than ever, people are longing for home. And we see this in the housing market, right? All the housing prices are like sky high. People are buying houses sight unseen. And if you can't afford a house, you're either forced to rent or be homeless, right? Like that's just, that's just the reality. And so there's this housing spike. There's this housing um, explosion. And there's also a housing crisis, Right, because people are looking for house, houses and homes and they can't find them. And of course, one of the reasons for that is last, the last year and a half, we experienced, globally, we experienced some significant displacement, some significant disruption. And so I believe that people are looking for homes because they're looking for a sanctuary, right? They're looking for a place of rest. They're looking for a safe place to just let down their guard, just to be themselves, to feel secure, a place to, to, to feel stable. And even though the, the, reason, the recent like housing explosion and housing crisis, even though it's been exacerbated over these last 18 months, I'd argue this, that as humans, we've always, since the very beginning of time, we've always had a deep desire and a deep longing for a place to call home. And these last 18 months have, of COVID have simply made that more obvious to us. They've made it more glaring. And that's something that, that I myself am aware of and have been paying attention to. But I also believe this. I believe there's a spiritual dynamic at play in our longing for home. And so what we're going to do over the next four Sundays is we're going to spend some time exploring our longing for home. And 
there are four scriptural topics. We're going to put those up on the screen for you. There are four scriptural topics that we're going to be covering during this series. And the first one we're going to cover today is where does our longing for home come from? Where does it originate? And then another topic we're going to cover over the next four weeks is what is our calling and invitation as followers of Jesus to create home for other people? So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to look at Scripture. The third thing we're going to cover during this series is how do you find your home church? Because there are lots of local churches, right, in every part of the country, in every area, and each church has its own unique kingdom expression. So how do you know which one is your home church? We're going to look at Scripture and talk about that. And then finally, we're going to look at Scripture and talk about our forever home which is what the book of Revelation talks about, where the new, heaven and the new heavens and the new earth merge. And so those are the topics that we're going to be exploring over the next four weeks. I hope you'll, you'll join us for this series, because I really do believe that there is a longing for home in our hearts. And it doesn't matter if you are an atheist, an agnostic, or a Christian. There's a longing for home. And the Bible speaks directly to that. And so we're going to look at that. And we're going to start today by looking at scripture, to discover where our longing for home comes from. Where does it originate? And I'm going to make the argument this morning that our longing for home originates with God. It originates with God. And so when we go back to the beginning, when we go back to our origin story, when we go back to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, the first book in the Old Testament, what we find is that God creates a garden called Eden. And that's our original home. And and Eden in the Hebrew language, which the Old Testament was primarily written in, it means place of pleasure. And so God creates this place of pleasure and Adam and Eve are in the garden and God says he puts them in the middle of the garden. So we're created in the context of this, of pleasure, God pleasure. And we're told in the book of Genesis that God dwells there and he walks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. So he's with them. He's present. And so we find Eden, our original home, is a place of pleasure. It's a place of presence because God is there. It's a place of provision, right? Because they could eat of all the trees save one. It's a place of protection. It's a place of peace. It's all of these things. Though through a series of events, we find out a little bit, a couple chapters into Genesis, that Adam and Eve reject God through disobedience, and they're cast out of the garden. And ever since then, humanity has been trying to find her way back home to be with God. Back to that origin story. And so our longing for home is part of our beginning. It's there in our hearts. It's implanted in our hearts. And we see this all throughout Scripture, right? If you you go on reading the Old Testament, Sequentially, you'll you'll read about the story of Abraham, who scripture refers to as the father of our faith. And it says that Abraham left his homeland to find a new home in God. In Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter 11, in verse 10, it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Five verses later, 
in verse 16, it's talking about Abraham's descendants. And it says this, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. We go on and we read the rest of the Old Testament, right? And time and again, what we find is that God's people are being displaced and then displaced again and then displaced again. But all throughout, uh, you see God's people finding the faith, mustering the faith to believe that God is going to bring them home again. He's going to bring them back to himself. And then we see in the New Testament where Christians are referred to pilgrims and strangers and aliens and sojourners. We see it in the life and teachings of Jesus because Jesus was constantly teaching about the kingdom of God coming, right? The kingdom of God, he would proclaim. So, I say about to say this, that we're nostalgic for home because it's implanted in our hearts. And it reaches all the way back to the Garden of Eden and is with us still today. And I would argue that every attempt at human progress has been an attempt to overcome what was lost in Eden. Every attempt at human progress is really an attempt to, to go back home with God, the original home. And listen to this verse in Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. It says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. And so I would argue this from scripture, that we're all homesick for Eden. And I think that's where our longing for home comes from. And so when we long for physical dwelling places, like when we we long for housing, when we long for a home, it's really an expression of something bigger. Um, Is everybody familiar with who C.S. Lewis is? He was an author. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He was also a theologian, and he wrote a lot of theological books and a philosopher. He was a professor at Oxford University. Well, I want to read something that he said about our longing for home. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says about our longing for home. Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. If I find myself, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, That does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably, earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. See, what C.S. Lewis is getting at here is that what if all of our positive experiences and memories and feelings of home are meant to point us to something else? What if they're shadows of what our home with God looks like, a perfect and beautiful home? Now, One of Jesus' most famous parables was called the prodigal son. Has anybody ever read that parable or heard of that parable before? We're going to read it this morning. I'm going to invite Jess to come up, and she's going to read this parable for us, and then I'll have a few thoughts to unpack before we we 
end our time together. It's in Luke chapter 15. To, illust- to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now returned to life. He was lost but now he is found, so the party began. Thank you, Jessica. Now, if you're familiar with the story, you'll notice that we skipped the back part of the story, the part where the older brother gets jealous of the party. And the reason that I'm skipping that part of the story is because I want to highlight something. I want to I make a point at the last part of what what we read together, and that's this. I want us to see the father's reaction to his son coming home. Because what we realize when we read this parable of Jesus, when we think about and consider this parable, what we find is that the prodigal doesn't come home because he has a renewed love for his father and his brother. He comes home because he's hungry. He comes home because he's broke. He comes home because he's broken. He comes home, we're told, because he remembers what home is like. And so he comes home. And look at the father's response. The the son's not coming home because he loves his dad. He's coming home because he's broken, broken, and the father could care less because why? All he wants is his son to be home with him. And so here's Jesus telling this parable, and he's telling it for a number of reasons, right? But the, one of the reasons I want to point out is Jesus is telling this parable because he wants us to know how badly our heavenly Father wants us to be home with him. He just wants us to be home. And that's what makes the gospel of Jesus such good news, right? Because God sent Jesus, his only son, to rescue us, to redeem us, and to bring us home. And and the contrast here between this elder brother who's jealous and Jesus is Jesus is not the the jealous brother who says, why are you throwing a party for him? He's a loser. No, Jesus is the one who comes and finds us. 
He's the one who comes and rescues us and saves us to bring us home with God so that we can, as, as the scripture tells us, be part of the household of faith, right? Part of God's very own family. And so when I read this passage and, and when I read the scriptures and see that overarching narrative of, of home and finding home, I discover that our longing for home tells us some things about ourselves and God. And one of those things is this, that we were created for something more and we know it. Deep inside, we know it. We look around the world and the brokenness. We see the brokenness in our world, right? I mean, we could just make a huge list of all the broken things in the world that we see. And we know deep down in our hearts, that's not right. That's where justice comes from, right? It's, it's God's justice. We look at the world and say, that's not how things were supposed to be. And so we know deep down that we were created for something more. That there, there is this idea of home that we get to taste glimpses of. We get to experience little taste of it. And it brings us so much joy and pleasure and peace, just like the, our original home in the garden, right? We taste it. We say, oh, yeah, there's, there's something more, but it's just, not, it's just not fulfilled yet fully. The second thing that our longing for home tells us, I think, is, is that God has given us everything, including his only son, so that we could find our way home. And we got to pay attention to that, right? And so what we're going to do this morning to end our time together. Usually, the last several months, what we've been doing is breaking off into small groups and having discussions and praying together. We're not going to do that this morning. We're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we'll, we'll return to some of that rhythm in the, in the next coming weeks, especially when we're at higher ground. We'll, we'll incorporate that in our gathering times. But today, what we're going to do is something a little out of the ordinary that we haven't done before, and, and that's this. I was trying to think of some things that most people would have in common when, you're, when we're thinking of home. And for me, one of the things that I think of when I think of home is homemade pie, because I love homemade pies. And my mom made killer homemade pies from scratch. My wife makes killer homemade pies from scratch. My favorite pies are berry pies. But I will say this. Whenever an apple pie is cooked, it fills the house with a certain smell. You know what I mean? And it feels like home. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to use one of our five senses that God gave us, our sense of smell. And we're going to join that with a prayer exercise. And you're going to have to smell through your masks, I guess. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I've got these um, apple pie scented tea, tea light candles. And Justin, you want to help hand these out? to everybody, make sure everybody gets one. And then I need somebody else. Jess, you can help over here. Awesome. Make sure you get one of these. And um, I'm also right now just going to invite the worship band to come up, and you guys can get ready. So we're going to sing one more song together after this. And what we're going to do is I want you to grab that tea light candle. Now, it smells a little waxy. It's not the, you don't, you're not going to want to eat it, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't smell like that much like apple pie. It's just got a little bit of apple pie flavor to it. It also smells like wax. So if you like wax, maybe. <laughs> but when you get that, I'm going to ask you to do this. When you get your candle, just close your eyes for, for a minute. And I want you just to, to smell that candle for a second. And when you're doing that, I want you to try to imagine something with me. 
okay? So as soon as you get your tea light candle, just close your eyes, smell it. I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine sitting at a large wooden farm table. And around the table are all these people who are anticipating a feast, this home-cooked meal. And there's this anticipation and excitement. And you can smell the apple pie, right? While you're imagining that, also imagine the room just being filled with laughter and joy and the kind of noise that makes your heart glad. And I'm going to read a, a passage of Scripture. I want you to keep that what you're imagining in your mind's eye, and I'm going to read a passage of Scripture from the book of Revelation, chapter 19, while you're imagining this. Revelation, chapter 19, verse 6. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves and the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has given the finest white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. So let me say a prayer for us. Heavenly Father, as we read the scripture in Revelation about the wedding feast of the Lamb, this table with this feast and these, the delicious smell of food and anticipation of celebration and home. God, as we read in the parable of the prodigal son about the father throwing a lavish party for his son who, who left but had returned home. And God, as we sit here this morning with smelling these silly candles, <laughs> Lord, we are aware that our desire for home, our longing for home, it comes from something bigger. It goes back to our origin story of how we were with God with God in the garden. And, and through sin and through disobedience, we lost that. But through all of history, God, you have been leading us back home. And you sent your son, Jesus. And through the cross and the resurrection and his invitation, we find our way home to you. And though we have not yet experienced the fullness of that, that that new heaven and earth merging together for our forever home is going to come, we can still participate in the kingdom of God right here and now. Find our home in you. So God, I pray as um, we this place today, that we would remember that our home is ultimately in you, and that all the pleasures of home that we experience are just shadows of what our home with you look like. God, I pray for my friends as they, they light these candles at home, that as they smell this aroma, they would be reminded of their home in you. God, we, we give you praise and glory for your commitment to seek after us and to find us. And we respond in our hearts today to that with gratitude and thanksgiving.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.